Hello and welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast. I hope you're all doing awesome. I'm going to start this episode by begging you guys for a quick favor. Now, I don't know where you listen to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or YouTube or, you know, CastBox or wherever you get it from. Um, if you could give me a rating on there, that would be cool because then that nudges it up the recommendations then. So the platform pushes it out for other people to check out as a suggestion, you know, like, hey, what about this? So if you could give me a star rating and if you'd be so kind and even a review if you want to, that would be awesome because then the, the platform will give me a little push out to some other listeners to check it out. Shouldn't take a minute out of your day. Come on. What else are you doing with your time? Now, today, I want to talk to you about free money. Who wants some free money? Seriously. Free money. It's free. Totally free. So let's imagine now, right? Every month, check this out. Every month... The government pays you into your bank account like a wage every month, no questions asked, enough money to cover all of the cost of your living. You know, your, your rent, your, you know, your bills, your food, whatever it is that you need to survive in this country, the government just gives you no questions asked every month forever. Whether you're rich or poor, young or old, black or white, Working, unemployed, disabled, abled, whatever, everybody gets the same amount every month to cover the basic costs of living. No questions asked. It's not means tested. You can't even give it back if you wanted to. It's just free money, man. Would you take it? Would you want to live in a country that did that? This should be the easiest idea in the world to sell to anybody, right? <laughs> free money. Now, in case you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about and why I'm talking about it, such an idea exists and it's called universal basic income. It's been around for a long, long time. It's been trialed all over the world and everywhere that it's been trialed, it's been shown to work. But I'm not going to get into all that because today's guest is the amazing Jonathan Rhys-Williams from UBI Lab in Wales, who's going to explain all of it. He's going to explain how it works, how it's financed, the social benefits, and more importantly, how the hell do we got our hands on this bad boy, man? UBI is an idea that I'm really, really interested in and fascinated by. So I'm really thankful for John for giving us his time today and explaining the lowdown on this thing. So without further ado, from UBI Lab in Wales, Mr. John Rhys-Williams, how are you, sir? Yeah, good, James. Thanks very much for the invite. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for giving us your time, man. You're a busy dude and I appreciate it. You know, it's nice to have a fellow Welshman on the show as well, you know. I think you're the first one. And we're actually about 20 minutes away from each other. So, you know, we could have done this in the pub, you know. It would have been much easier and more fun. <laughs> I know. As well, she's got to stick together, James. Damn right we do. <laughs> right, let's get into it then. So, UBI, Universal Basic Income. I suppose we better start, like at the start, for complete newbies that don't know anything about this or what's going on, and for the uh, the detractors as well that, that, that think this is all nonsense. What's the basic overview? What's the starting point here to explain what is Universal Basic Income and how does it work? Yeah, so Universal Basic Income is uh, a fixed regular income uh, paid to everyone. Um, regardless of their income, wealth, or employment status. So essentially, it's a, it's a direct cash transfer, if you will, um, that could be uh, sent to everyone, even if you're a millionaire. And, um, and it's got no strings attached. So you would get it, for example, every month um, in your bank account, uh, and it's yours to spend uh, as you wish. Um, so that's, I suppose, what it is. Um, it's been around for a really long time, so it's not um, it's not a new idea. Um, I think you know it goes back all the way to ancient Greece when it was first 
sort of mooted um, and then it had a bit of a, a renaissance then um, with, oh, I always get these people mixed up, but I think it's John, oh, it's a book called Utopia, uh, basically, that um, that it, it's discussed in there, and I think that's like in the 1700s, um, and it's, uh, it, it's sort of discussed there, has a bit of a renaissance, then it goes quiet for a bit, uh, then it comes back then sort of in the 60s and 70s as an idea, and it's actually... Uh, it comes back via um, sort of Milton Friedman and then Friedrich Hayek, which are sort of on the right. Well, they are. They're definitely on the right of politics. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they they, uh, they proposed the idea that although it wasn't a UBI, it was sort of a negative income tax, which is kind of the same thing, um, but it is a bit of difference there. Um, and at the same time, Martin Luther King was actually a fan of it. Um, and then... Sort of it, today, then uh, you've got sort of again. It's had another renaissance, uh, if you will, and um, and really it, it's come to the fore in response to uh, the pandemic. You know, people are seeing that you know our welfare system is broken and it really needs to be uh, reformed. And people are starting to talk about this idea. And even the Pope uh, has said it's a good idea as well. So um, you know, uh, it, it's uh, it, it crosses the political and religious spectrum. From, uh, if you will, so um, it's uh, yeah, it's an idea that is finally getting its uh, its its day in the uh, its day in the light, really. Um, which uh, fingers crossed, it will uh, it will result in it being finally rolled out after you know hundreds of years of people uh, talking about it, really. That's so interesting. That it's got that historical and cross political, cross ideological uh, backing as well. So essentially, then, from what you're saying is that um, just to sort of like put it in real sort of basic language, it's essentially free money that the government gives to every single person in the country every month, kind of like a like a like a end of the month wages check or something yeah. of enough money to pay for all your cost of living every month. It's not means tested. Whoever you are, however much you earn, whether you're earning or not, whether you work or not, every single person in the country gets free money every month to cover all of your most basic needs for living is that is that essentially what it is yeah pretty much and, and obviously there's there's a lot of debate about how much it will be so you know you've got advocates that are saying well pay people 60 something pounds a week that was before we had this cost of living crisis and inflation went through the roof of course people were pro- proposing that i'd imagine it's a different sum now those people are proposing but you know there's other people then that are saying well give people a hundred and something pounds a week and then there's others that are saying that we should pay people uh 200 and something pounds a week you know so there's there's a difference of opinion about how much um, but yeah, the general, like you said, uh, you know, you summed it up perfectly well. Uh, it, it's money with no strings at the end of every month that goes into your bank account. That sounds pretty damn awesome. That almost that almost sounds like a, a kind of pie in the sky idea. Like, hey, let's just give everybody free money. And, but <laughs> I know already there are some people thinking, yeah, well, that sounds great. But where the hell is the money going to come from? You know, we can't fund the NHS as it is. You know, um, who's paying for this? Yeah, and look, I, I remember. So I, I like, I think I first uh, stumbled across this idea like ten years ago, and uh, and when I was reading about it and telling my friends, like, "You're mad, John. You really want to give everyone money for nothing, you know?" It's like, and now you know, it's it's in the mainstream. It's just gone from a crackpot idea, really, to to you know, politicians taking it really seriously, and and the Welsh government trialing a form of it, which I'm sure, which I'm sure we'll probably get into later on, but. In terms of how it's how it's funded, I think you know first and foremost you need to think about the savings that this would make. So you know every trial, for example, of 
of basic income, whether that's been in Finland or whether it's been in, in Stockton, California, has shown that it, this has significant improvements. Um, uh, well, it significantly improves rather your physical and mental well-being. Well, if you're if you're healthier, you're not going to the doctors, which means that it's saving the NHS a lot of money. And of course, if you're healthier and fitter, then you're more productive, which means that you know you're doing things that um, that benefit the economy as well. You know, it um, in terms of other ways in which it pays for itself. You're looking at educational attainment. So, you know, in in trials across the world. Uh, you've seen that people stay in school for a lot longer. Well, of course, if you've got a more skilled workforce, that contributes to the economy. Um, another way that it would pay for itself, for example, is that when you give, so, you know, the vast majority of people that would receive this basic income, they're not going to save it. You know, people, we're in a cost of living crisis at the moment. So people are going to spend this on, on the basics, you know, hence the name, basic income, you know, and um, that money would go straight back in the, into the economy because you're buying, you know, bread, milk, that kind of thing. You know, the government then are picking up those VAT receipts and that money that's going into the economy also, you know, grows the economy, which allows more jobs to be created, which has a knock-on effect then, and again, grows the economy because more people have got money to spend and all that kind of thing. And um, So it's, it's multifaceted, the, the, the benefits of, of a UBI and, and how it would pay for itself. And just quickly, I suppose, you know, another way in which it would pay for itself is not, not just giving people money and they're spending it, but you've got people who can't necessarily uh, set up businesses, for example, at the moment, because they don't have that money um, to, to put, you know, to, 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 I suppose, to invest in it. They haven't got that initial capital to invest in a business. So what you will see, and a great example was in America. So where they had um, stimulus checks in America, for example, um, you know, so they, the government gave everyone as part of their COVID response, I think it was 1,200 quid uh, as a one-off payment. And in, in, in this, so the, I think it was the New York Times and the Washington Post done this investigation. What they found was in, in poor black communities, there was a significant increase in people setting up small businesses. Now that's because, you know, you've got pe- people in, in black communities, for example, are disadvantaged because of institutional racism. They don't have, you know, job opportunities like, you know, a white community might have. So they're having an opportunity they never would have had before by having this money given to them directly, then using that as this capital investment to set up a business. You know, well, of course, if that business is successful, then that again generates jobs, it pumps money into the economy. So it's, you know, it, it, it pays for itself. It's, a, it's an absolute no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. But the worry is, I suppose, why some people don't like it is because it gives people so much autonomy. You know, people can make decisions for themselves. Mm. They're no longer this nanny state that is, is dictating to them, which essentially what happens with universal credit at the moment in this country, because they say, right, you've got to be down the job center at X time because you need to meet with your job coach who will tell you how to get a job. Well, you know, that person no longer would have to do that, you know, which means that the government's got less control over you as well. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm rambling a bit now, James. But <laughs> no, mate, it's, honestly, um, it's, 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 um, as you, I've got so many questions as you're talking. I'm thinking, Christ, there's so many elements to this. And the more I learn yeah. about this and the more I, I was listening to you speaking then, I can just imagine a, a future and, and, a, and a world that we live in whereby this would be completely 
like normal. And it would seem obvious that that's the way it should be. I mean, we're all citizens of a country. We all pay into the public purse. So why shouldn't we all have a universal basic income? I mean, it's only a basic income. It's not saying that, hey, everyone's just going to like never have to work again or anything like that. But it, it's, um, it's, it's providing a, rather than a safety net to, to stop people falling through the poverty line. It's actually, it's actually giving a floor. <laughs> the guarantees yeah. that nobody's yeah. going to fall through it, you know. Um, and I can imagine a future generation looking back when this is the norm, thinking, "What barbarians, you know, didn't have this? You know, how, how the hell did people survive when there's people on the yeah. streets? You know, it, it, I think it. I can, I, I, I can understand why to some people this seems completely mental, but I can also, I can also acknowledge that very quickly it would become completely normal, and it would seem like, how the hell did we ever do it any other way? You know. And that's progress, you, isn't it? You know, it's sort of, you know, we, we, we did that with the NHS. So when, when they first started talking about the NHS after, you know, uh, the Second World War, everyone was like, this is nuts, you can't do it. You know, and then all of a sudden we've got this NHS, like, you know, 80 years worth, of, of, no, what, 80 years time, you know, down the line, we're saying, you know, if you said to people, let's get rid of the NHS, there'd be people out in the streets, I imagine. You know, so it's, that's progress, you. It's the same with, any sort of progression, I suppose, is that, you know, until it actually happens and then, you know, you have, have this thing, you know, 50 years in the future, you know, people are saying, you know, how did we ever, ever uh, live without that? So it's, you know, it's like you said, it's, it creates a flaw, creates, uh, it prevents destitution. And I think that the parallels with the NHS, um, you know, you can't escape that. I mean, I've coined the phrase, our generation's NHS, you know, because I think that, the parallels between what happened after this country faced the last national crisis where, um, you know, we, we come out of World War Two and we, we set up the NHS. We could come out of this national crisis now with COVID. You know, people like to make the, the World War uh, <laughs> analogies with, with COVID as well, don't they? But we come out of COVID and, um, and we could set up this thing, which is, again, universal, given to everyone and looks after them from cradle to grave. So. I think that uh, you can't escape those and, and fingers crossed, you know, we won't have to wait uh, too much longer before it's implemented. Yeah, because it has been, I mean, I read a book on this recently. I mean, I'm absolutely useless at containing in my mind, you know, dates and figures and stats and stuff like that. But um, I read a book recently on this and it's been trialed in so many places around the world, including America and in Africa and in Europe as well. And everywhere, I mean, I'm echoing what you said earlier, everywhere the economics of it actually worked out better with universal basic yeah. income than it did before with the welfare system and, you know, dog eat dog and each man to their own. The economy actually was better in all circumstances as a result of having this. So, I mean, that should please the right wingers as well, if, this, if such a thing is possible to do. But uh, <laughs> I know yeah, some I, of the... I, listen, uh, sorry, James, just going to jump in and say, that, you know, this is what I, I think is incredible, really, is that, you know, you've got all these libertarians like, you know, we should have this individualistic view of life and, you know, we should give people autonomy to make their own decisions and, you know, a quality of opportunity and all the rest of it. And and, and, and yet they're against this and you're like, what? You know, it's, it's just crazy <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You know, but they're like, oh, no, but, you know, not that kind of autonomy, actually. Just, that you know, the one that we want. Yes. Like, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then... You're bang on, you know, it, it, it pays for itself, as I mentioned. And, you know, the administrative, administrative costs of rolling out universal credit, I think it's somewhere like 
Seven billion pounds it costs the UK every year to administer benefits before even a single benefit is paid. Jesus, which is just which is nuts money. If you think about it, you just think, well, you know, that's a huge saving there. But um, yeah, I mean, other ways you could pay for it. I don't know if you want to go with that now, but I suppose you could. You know, taxation is is the obvious place that you would go yes. as well. You know, sort of. Uh, you, you cannot implement uh, universal basic income without reform in the tax system. And, you know, we, you talk about progressive taxation. So, you know, people who are high income earners who are earning like hundreds of thousands of pounds, well, they'd pay a few percentage points more every year, uh, which would, which would raise a significant amount of money. But you'd look at, you know, for me, I think we tax wealth and land. And, and inheritance and all of those things really badly in this country. You know, it, it, the, the amount of money that you could raise, for example, by taxing people who I think have capital of more than ten million pounds a year. I think if you tax them a one-off tax of five percent, don't quote me on this. It was a London School Economics report that I can't remember all the figures and and the specifics of it, but it was something like it raised two hundred fifty billion pounds in one hit. Jesus, and then there's report. It's huge money. And there's reports then, for example, that say that you could roll out a, a pretty basic, basic income <laughs> um, of like 70, 70, 80 quid a week for 67 billion pounds a year. Well, that, that funds that for almost five years or four years or however, however many years that is. And, and then you take into consideration that you tax inheritance as well as that, you know, but I mean, the fact people inherit billions of pounds and they haven't lifted a finger in their life is just crazy. You know, yeah. and, and that they, they've amassed that fortune from, you know, people like, you know, uh, buying land, which is essentially, you know, everyone's common property anyway. You know, so it's, um, it, it, there's things like that you can look at. And then, of course, there's, there's carbon taxes, which we definitely need to be thinking yeah. about, you know, the climate crisis around the corner. Well, you know, what a great way, for example, to, to sort of look after the climate and, uh, fund the UBI by introducing carbon taxes. Um, something I really think is really cool, actually, is that if we had sort of a green version of what happens in Alaska, so I don't know if you know what, what they do in Alaska, James, so there's a sovereign wealth fund out there, and basically a lot of the profits that they, they get from the oil that they extract in, in Alaska, they put into this sovereign wealth fund, and then they pay it as a citizen's dividend mm. to all of the pe- residents of Alaska. I think, you know, flip down its head, if we started, uh, you know, putting all of this green infrastructure in place of so tidal lagoons in Wales, you know, wind farms and that kind of thing that were state owned, and then all of the profits that we derive from that, put it into a sovereign wealth fund and then pay the profits from that to the people as a citizen's dividend. So it's like a green sovereign wealth fund. You know, that would be, I think, a, a really, really cool idea. And the money, you know, by the time you paid everyone in Wales a citizen's dividend, you probably got money left over yeah. in that sovereign wealth fund. Yeah, totally. Which then you, that you could use as, you know, education, health, you know, infrastructure, like, you know, fixing the bloody potholes up the road, you know, <laughs> that's ruining my, ruining my wheels. You know, but, uh, no, it's, but, you know, there's, there's, there's loads of ways in which you could do it. Tax is the obvious place. You know, we don't tax wealth anywhere near enough. I mean, you know, look at, look at the, covid pandemic now and all of the, the billionaires that are profiteering from it it's just it, it's sickening i think you know yes. and the last the last crisis that we faced the great recession you know in 2009 you know that the richest one percent increased their wealth substantially 
You know, so every time there's a crisis, you know, we're all really poor and suffering and they make loads of money. And it's like, yeah. it's got to stop, man. This yeah. has just got to stop, you know. But there's things like the um, the Tobin tax as well, isn't there? Which is a very small tax on currency trading. You know, so basically, you know, the, the world's billionaires are just basically, you know, on the currency casino. You know, just which which trashes yeah. economies around the world. And if it was a very small tax on those transactions, that would generate absolutely tons of money. Um, there's also, you know, the uh, the tax havens. You know, I mean, there, yes. there's there's so much money sitting around that we could do good stuff with. Well, there's, there's trillions of pounds. There's trillions of pounds in tax havens, like literally. Tr- Trillions of pounds that that that's that just sitting there, you know, gaining interest, doing nothing, you know. So it's it's just bonkers. And we're talking about giving, you know, the average person, you know, a few hundred pounds a month or something. I mean, you know, that, that the money is clearly there. The economics of this work out, and then some. I, I think is essentially uh, what you're saying. Oh, but absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the fact that we, there's so many tax loopholes, for example, that that people use that. You know, rich people can pay expensive accountants, for example, to siphon off money to these tax havens that are not available to, you know, the working man. It, it, you know, it will pay for itself, like you said, and some. It's bonkers that people even think that is a valid argument that it, you know, wouldn't pay for itself. It absolutely would. And it would be an investment in people. Yeah, you know, uh, as well, because they'd have the time to do things. You know, like, like artists. You, you know, obviously a musician yourself. You know, we. we these days, a lot of people who are, um, well, I find anyway that, that you have less and less working class people, you know, that are actors and, and musicians, all this, because they just simply haven't got time to invest in yeah. their, you know, in, in their craft, you know. So, but in the 60s and 70s, we had all these great bands, and the Beatles are my favorite band. You know, would we even, if, if the welfare system that we have in place now was in place then, would we even have the likes of the Beatles? You know, because they wouldn't have had the time to invest in, in learning their craft and, you know, and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's that type of, uh, you know, uh, thing that it could help as well. Our culture, it would help with. And, and so, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, all the information that I've seen on this, um, and there's tons of information out there. I mean, like, like you said, this idea goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's been trialed. It's been shown to work. There's tons of research and studies on this. Um, everything suggests um, it, and it's pretty unanimous, I think, across the board, without exception. Every study and every trial uh, suggests that when this is, wherever this has been implemented, the knock-on social effects and the ramifications for the broader society, which affects everybody, rich or poor, and in the middle, have been positive. Um, it hasn't resulted in people just sitting around smoking weed all day and doing bugger all with their time. It, it, it's actually the opposite. It's provided seed money for people to to start their own businesses. It's enabled people to raise their children better. It's enabled people to have better mental health it's saved costs on the police having to deal with the homeless situation and crime and things like that there's literally uh, like straight across the board the the results have been unanimously positive for everybody in society through this which which again is another incredible thing to have proven but it's just another reason why this is such a no-brainer if it works out economically sound and socially good for everybody then what the fuck are we waiting for yeah, I mean, there, there literally is an abundance of, of material that, that suggests this is, you know, like you said, an absolute no-brainer. I mean, people do not sit down and do absolutely nothing. I mean, in fact, it, it's shown that, um, I think the Finnish trial, for example, showed that there was a marginal increase in labour activity. I think the Stockton trial in California, um, you know, showed even better um, employment and, and labor activity um, than the Finnish trial did, 
you know, it, it, it increased, increases trust in government, which, you know, we could do a bit of work oh, yeah. with, 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 with Boris and Boris and Co. Um, it, it, it significantly improves physical and mental well-being. You know, financial anxiety is a real thing, you know, and the stress that that causes then has a knock-on effect because, you know, it can lead to heart problems, heart disease and, and strokes and that type of thing as well. So, it, you know, it has a knock-on effect there in terms of your health. You know, there, there is this, this social cohesion effect because you remove the stigma. People like, well, you know, next to neighbor's not a stranger. He gets the same amount as me every yeah. week. You know, so there's that kind of thing as well. There's so many people, for example, on, on, on benefits or could be on benefits that are not because they're too ashamed to, to actually claim the benefits. I mean, we're talking thousands of people in the UK. Yeah. And there's some people who just don't even know that they're eligible for it because it, it's such a complex system. So, you know, it's, it's like there's those benefits as well. It just simplifies it for everyone. And we're like, yeah, okay, cool. I know I get this 80 quid in my bank account every week, you know, no strings attached. Thanks, Boris, you know, uh, and, that, and that's, um, although I doubt Boris would implement it, but you, no. you get my drift. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, as it, like I said, there's it, just a wealth of information that says it's a good idea. But, um, I, I mean, I, I suppose that the problem is, is that you end up having to tax the wealthy and, and the wealthy in all their life. They don't like uh, parting with any of their cash, you know. No. So that's, that's half the problem. And half the problem, they, half of them only on the newspapers as well. So yes. They tell you it's a bad idea. That brings me to the next question, actually, because I was going to ask, what are the barriers to this? And I'm seeing quite a significant one there already. I mean, the, the, the people that are holding the bags of money at the moment aren't going to want to let go of it, are they? We're talking about some pretty um, big moves there, like opening up the tax havens and um, you know putting a tax on um, you know, energy, cons- uh, like a climate uh, tax and things like that. Uh, and also getting the politicians who are part of that social class to agree to give the great unwashed some some crumbs. You know, I mean, are we, do we stand a chance in hell of this ever happening or is this a utopian uh, ideal or is, you know is there is there hope oh I, I hope there's hope otherwise i've been wasting my time look i i think there is hope i think that the pandemic has certainly uh you know shown that we've been sticking a plaster over a lot of things and it's politicians that i think wouldn't have even countenance this idea that are now coming to the fore i mean you know andy burnham um is is really pushing the idea the king of the north you know the mayor of manchester um, is really pushing the idea that you've got a lot of politicians that are that are now getting on board with this liberal, liberal democrats um you know it's it's part of their party policy now the green party of course yeah. has been part of their party policy since day dot but um it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's coming along, you know, like I said, it's, it's now in the mainstream. The issue, like you said, is that, uh, and, and as I mentioned, it, there's, there's people at the top, um, that are, that are, are going to, you know, kick up the most fuss about this, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, like I said, you know, a lot of the people are told, you know, that the, the strings to power, you know, they, they, they newspaper proprietors as well. They fund political parties and, they, they're just not going to want this to happen because, of course, like I said, you know, it creates autonomy, which means that, you know, they've got less control over uh, the public as well. So there are going to be some difficulties. And like I said, you know, it's going to be you have to tax them a bit more as well. I said that, you know, quite a lot more and um, hopefully anyway. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be, diff- you know, it, it's not going to you know, we're not going to get this without a fight. 
mm. you know, and, um, and, and it's, you know, you're going to have to get people involved, you know, with my organization, you know, voluntary led, you know, and it's, and you've got a, a range of people that are, that are involved in it. Um, and, and that's how we do it. You know, it's, it's, it's about campaigning, you know, keeping on at politicians, um, in, until they, they do the right thing, you know, nothing, you know, for example, I'm not trying to say it's the same thing, but, you know, sort of uh, when you look at the suffragettes and that type of thing or the civil rights movement, you know, all of these things are important that were hard fought, you know, and, and it's um, and and that's that's how you get progress. You know, there's yes. the people on the ground, grassroots movements, they're the ones that have to pressure politicians into making these decisions. And, and hopefully, you know, they, they come around eventually. And there are quite a few campaigns for UBI in the UK. I mean, there are campaigns all over the world, but I mean, speaking specifically about where, you know, where we are, um, in the UK. So you're part of a campaign group called UBI Lab, right? And you've got, um, branches yeah. all over the country. Is that right? Yeah. So it's, it's, so you've got UBI Lab network. I mean, it's voluntary led. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a network of people across the UK that are really into, you know, getting this, policy on, on the political agenda and uh, you've got UBI Lab Network which sort of acts as the hub and then you've got all sorts of branches then so I set up UBI Lab Wales we've got then you know underneath UBI Lab Wales for UBI Cardiff, Gwynedd, RCT, Swansea you know so all these people and, and they're led by you know so I, my day job is, a, is as a lawyer uh, but you've got other lawyers doing it as well. But you've got students leading different groups. You've got, you know, people working, uh, uh, politicians, for example, leading other groups. Um, so there's it, just this amalgamation of people that, that are, are trying to push this policy. In. And, and then, of course, like I said, you know, it, you've got the network, which was set up initially in Sheffield. Um, and the guys there, um, you know, they've gone on to set up different groups as well. You've got one in London and, and all sorts of things, and and they all and they all progress because it's voluntary led. You know, everyone's progressing at a different pace. You do it as and when you can. You know, we've all yeah. got jobs, we've got bills to pay. You know, so we we do in our spare time. And you know, fortunately, uh, in Wales, we've managed to get um, it, we're probably the furthest ahead uh, because we've managed to get our government to to agree to run a pilot. Yes, um, which um, you know, which is great news. It's you know, I, I've said this, and I gotta be careful what I say now because I, I'm on the technical advisory group for the last government for the pilot. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's good. You know, uh, but um, you know, it's it's not exactly what we wanted. We would have liked it to be a bit more expansive. But the Welsh government, I think, have done what they can with the powers that they've got. You know, they've they've tried to get UK government buy-in, which you know would mean DWP allowing them to run a more expansive pilot, and um, because you know they could do things with people's benefits and taxes and that type of thing, which would allow them to, you know, essentially sort of give people in a geographic location, you know, money every month, um, like I said, no strings attached. But because they, because the DWP haven't bought into the idea for obvious reasons, it, you know, you've got the Conservatives running the UK government, uh, which are not fans of this policy at the moment. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they've done what they can and, and they've, basically um said that we'll do it with care levers um and they've decided now that there's going to be 500 care levers um that that, that essentially leave care um so everyone that turns 18 and leaves care they're going to um it, this year 
uh, they'll essentially give them sixteen hundred pounds a month. Wow! No, no, no questions asked. Yeah, I mean the, the sum has far exceeded my expectations, and you've got to give serious credit to the Welsh government for that. Um, and 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 you know, hopefully now these these young adults will will go on, and you know they'll they'll perhaps go to university or. Uh, they might set up their own business. And so it, it's really exciting to see what will happen with this pilot and what data we'll, we'll get. And um, yeah. hopefully, you know, the, the benefits will will then just further the argument yeah. as to why we need to roll this policy out on a UK basis and across Wales, for example. When's the trial happening again? Uh, so it's going to happen this year. Uh, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know, there's no specific date at the moment. Uh, there's still a few things being worked out. Um, but it will happen this year. Um, is 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 the aim? Uh, That's at the amazing. Moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you know it's going to run. I think I think the pilot will run for three years, and then you'll have evaluations after it. And like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see what, what these these young adults do. You know, and, and yeah, man. I, I, I mean that the, the improvements across the board. Um, you know, for in all of these pilots across the world uh, has been you know there's been a significant improvement in physical and, and, and mental well-being so yeah, i imagine that will be one of the, the things that we see but yeah i think of ed- educational attainment you know people staying in school perhaps these people wouldn't have had an opportunity to, to go to university for whatever reason before so they might do that as well and um, so yeah it's 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 really exciting well yeah. leading the way and um, you know the the lab has certainly played a significant part in that in, in lobbying politicians and and getting them to, to agree to this policy and I've pestered way too many politicians yeah. <laughs> uh, about it, and it's, uh, it, it's finally come off. Well, that's a lot of pressure now on these care leavers. Don't let us down, guys, because if you sit on your ass playing yeah. like Call of Duty all day, you're, you're ruining the whole cause, man. <laughs> <laughs> James, James will have, have to have a word with you. Know? Yeah, if anybody, if any of you guys are listening to the podcast, guys, come on, you've got to help us out with this one. We've got to get this over the line, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you. If you gave it to me when I was like a teenager or something, I can't guarantee you, you know, <laughs> what I would have done with the money. No, and, and, and this, you know, this, I think a fair comment is, and, and something that as, as you know, people have raised is that, you know, hopefully there'll be some sort of financial uh, advice or assistance uh, for the people involved in the trial. Because if you know, if you give me sixteen hundred quid a month as an eighteen-year-old, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, hopefully that that will you know, they'll they'll put some sort of uh, assistance for them as well, so that you know they, they've got people to turn to an advice, which I'm sure it will happen. You know, uh, it's certainly something that needs to uh, needs to be considered fascinating stuff i can't wait to see the results of that study i mean like if anyone listening to this that wants to look further into this there is tons of information out there if you look up universal basic income and it is fascinating when you read the studies and the personal journeys of the people that have actually been involved in these trials and how it's changed their lives and that they didn't just sit around on their ass doing nothing you know they actually did start up their own projects or created art or got involved more in the community or volunteered more uh, it's fascinating when you read about it because like literally at no point does anybody think oh cool i'll just you know i'll go and have a sandwich you know yeah, so it'd be really yeah, interesting yeah. to see if the results from uh, you know where we're talking from now sunny south wales it'll be interesting to see if the results that happen here on our doorstep kind of mirror those experiences from other place other, other parts of the world yeah and it's the, the, i think you know that that's what's gonna that's what's really gonna be powerful about this trial and i think it was give directly that i've been doing like a, a 10-year trial in 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 namibia um, where you know they've been given just basically, I, I think they're giving people money directly to the. They give everyone a, like a mobile phone, and mm. they're transferring the money to the mobile phone. Um, 
and essentially, you know, the stories that have come out of that where people have set up, like you said, businesses and I think like kids have gone to school because their parents can afford the clothes to send them to yeah. school and that type of thing. You know, all of these stories are super powerful and, and that's hopefully what will come up to this trial, that we'll have all of these stories that people can share, that people can resonate with and be like, wow, you know, look at look at the difference that made to that person's life and why are we not doing this, you know, and, and then that's hopefully where, you know, it will get the demands for this to be implemented across the board will get louder and louder. Yeah, I think so, man. And it really, man, it's really exciting stuff, isn't it? I mean, is there anywhere in the world yet that actually has this as their official policy? Is there, is there a, like a small country somewhere that actually functions with a universal basic income that we can look at um, as an example? So there's nowhere that's got it. So, well, Alaska have got, as I mentioned earlier, right. uh, so Alaska's got a, a sovereign wealth fund which pays a citizen's dividend, which is pretty much the same thing. Um, so they've been doing it. That's been going since the 80s. Wow. Um, that, that they've had that. Yeah. And, and all the results of that is really benefit, uh, you know, positive. And whoever gets elected as, as you know, uh, you know, the senator or, or governor of Alaska, they, they wouldn't dream of removing it because of the uproar, mm. you know. So, um, so that, that's been going on for a while. I think, um, oh, when Barbados become, uh, I think, you know, they're not going to be part of uh, the Commonwealth anymore. And as soon as they made that announcement, um, that, that, that within a couple of days, they said, we want to implement uh, a basic income uh, across the country. So I think Barbados is one to watch out for. Canada are ones that, uh, is a country that, you know, there's there's a lot of talk. There's a bill going through hmm. uh, their parliament at the moment, uh, which uh, is, is trying to implement some sort of, uh, of basic income. I think there's been talk about it happening in India, uh, for example, wow. uh, as well. So there's a lot of places where it's, it's, it's being mooted. Um, and, and I think yeah, the... Last, I don't know if it's a presidential race um, in South Korea. So the guy that, uh, so there's a presidential runoff, the two contenders, the one of the guys uh, who didn't make it, unfortunately, he lost by literally like a percentage point, I think. Wow. But one of his one of his key pledges was to implement a basic income. So had he won that, one of his main policies would have been to roll out uh, a basic income. And obviously South Korea is a really advanced country, uh, as well so you know it would be uh it w- that would have been fascinating to see how they've done that and with the technology they have uh, as well it would be interesting to see how they would have done it uh, as well whether it would have been some sort of card or or what you know um so um yeah unfortunately didn't get in which was uh was disappointing but uh perhaps you'll get them next time you know it sounds to me then that this is an idea whose time is coming. I mean, it seems as if it's becoming more and more mainstream. It's been around a long time, but, you know, country after country now seem to be experimenting with this or having an open conversation and taking this idea very, very seriously as their national policy. Um, so it seems to me as if this is going to be something we're going to be hearing a lot more about. So I'm really glad that we've had this chat and we've got this information out there for people that may not know about it already so they can put their weight behind this and start, you know, helping the movement to push us in that direction because i think it's it's a brilliant i think it's a brilliant idea man i think it's it's an idea whose time has come and it sounds as if it's an idea whose time is coming so what can people listening to this do now as the next step to get involved and and put their weight behind this and to help amplify it i mean do they do they join their local ubi lab i mean is that how you guys work yeah definitely Uh, so you know a, a lot of the campaigning happens online through social media 
Um, it really took off during the pandemic. We were all locked indoors. So uh, that's why it's sort of everyone's on Twitter with this and in this Facebook groups as well. But yeah, so you, you know, you can either get in touch with your local lab. So have a look if there is one. If you go on UBI Lab Network's uh, website, um, you know, it's got a list of all the labs on there. Um, and you can get involved or, you know, if you really want to do it, you can set one up yourself mm. um, and and uh, and do it that way as well. But, you know, it's the usual things that you can do with this. You know, talk to people about it, you know, read up about it, you know, get your friends involved. They tell your family members about it. Write to your politicians, your MPs, your councillors. Like one of the things we did with um, with Wales Lab and, and it's been done in the, in the other UK labs as well, is that we uh, we got local councils to essentially say, to pass a motion in the council chamber to say, if there's ever an opportunity to run a pilot, um, you know, we want to be considered for it. And that great generates all this media attention then locally because people are like, oh, wow, you know, this council want to run a UBI trial. So that's something that we did uh, as well. So there's loads of things you can do. And, you know, if you're an innovative person and you've got loads of cool campaign ideas i'd love to hear them uh, we're always uh, we're always looking for a new campaign to, to you know pester these politicians to, to finally implement this policy <laughs> where can people troll you on twitter then what's your twitter handle oh uh, mine is I, I i always get this wrong whenever anyone asks so it's, I, think, I think it's it's at jr will 26 it is and um, that's my twitter uh, person i'm usually you know usually ranting at the government or talking about ubi um and uh, the labs is at ubi lab wales uh, and then um, there's also at ubi lab network as well um, which is another one to follow so Great. those three uh yeah give them a follow and uh and yeah that, that's that you know and drop us a dm you know drop us a, a, a dm on twitter and um, we've got an email address now if they want people want to email us and, and ask us how they can get involved it's uh ubi lab uh ubi lab wales at gmail.com uh, happy to, to take an email of someone and point them in the right direction if they want to get involved as well that's brilliant, man. I mean, this is a lot of work. As you said, you know, you guys are all volunteers. You know, you're a full-time lawyer. So that's brilliant that you're devoting so much time as well to being so open to people getting in touch and answering their questions and, and, and building this movement from the ground up. I mean, is this is this a full-time thing for you now? Or is this taking over your life? Or uh, do you still get time to uh, sleep and watch a bit of telly? Uh, well, sleep, uh, there's it, it a lack of that. But I think that's got something to do with me having a two-year-old as well. Oh, right. So, oh, wow. Um, Bloody hell. Your hands are full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Juggling a few things, to say the least. But then, um, no, look, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's something that uh, I've been interested in for, you know, more than 10 years now. And uh, it's, it, it, it's a hobby as well. You know, so it's not like something that grinds me down. It, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of work, of course. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if, if one day when I'm old and grey, there's a UBI, I'd be like, yeah, it was worth it. That oh, those dude. sleepless nights, you know. <laughs> that would be so awesome, man. Honestly, just just the thought of it. I mean, the younger me, you know, in my twenties when I was like struggling as a musician and stuff like that, to not have to work like crappy day jobs, knocking doors in the rain, and just throw myself fully into what I was doing as a musician and stuff like that. I'm telling you, dude, if I, if if we had UBI when I was in my mid twenties, there would be no stopping me. I would have had like ten albums out, you know. I mean, <laughs> it would have been, been relentless. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, then that's it. You know, you know, it's, um, I, I think that it, it allows people, like I said, you know, with artists and stuff, to, to follow their dreams. And there's a lot of people that won't necessarily be able to do that. 
um, and with a UBI, you know, you can you can you have so much more autonomy, you know, and and, and again, like I said, it, it's just you know multifaceted the benefits. So yes, um, like, like I said, fingers crossed. One day, James, you know, hopefully not too long in the future. Well, as you said, man, without the will of the people, nothing ever happens. So you know, we got to get behind this. I mean, you've laid the that you've laid the case out there stark and clear. The the numbers add up, and then some. The social benefits. You know, uh, just a, a no-brainer. And who doesn't want free money? I mean, come on, that that should be the easiest thing in the world to sell to anybody. Hey, do you want some free money? <laughs> you know, so yeah. so you know, yeah. let's get behind this. Let's make this happen, man. I mean, if you want some free dough, then let's do it. And it's not free; it's your money, essentially. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like we pay into the system, so I mean, it's not like you're just sitting around getting free money. You know, so um, you know, it, this adds up. It's a very well-tested, very long-term idea that that stood the test of time. Let's get it, man. It sounds good to me. I, I'm all in. So um, if you listen to this and you're inspired and excited by what John's saying, join a local lab, set a local lab up, start talking about it, you know, pressure your local councillors and your politicians. And let's let's make this like a mainstream conversation and a mainstream idea that one day when John is old and grey, as he just said, you can sit back and think, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I want all the credit if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to you, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks, pal. Right, John, we better let you go, man. We've taken up way too much of your time and I really do appreciate it. So thanks so much for giving us your time today. And thanks for everything you're doing, you know, for the cause as well. You've got me fired up. I'm ready to get my pitchfork and take to the streets right now. So, um... Thanks again. Keep it going. Best wishes. And hopefully I will see you on the trenches, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the invite, James. I hope you enjoyed. Oh, totally, man. And anytime, dude. And um, maybe I'll bump into you on the uh, the mean streets of Cardiff sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> hope so. Cheers, John. Have a great day, man. Thanks, James. What a cool dude. And the first Welshie on the show as well. What do you think about that? What a nice guy. Huh? And did that information blow your mind? Did it cook your swede? And other 80s sayings that I still can't remove from my vernacular. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a convert, man, honestly, to this idea of universal basic income, to, to UBI. I'm, I'm signed up. I hope we've managed to convince you that it's a great idea as well. Don't take our word for it. You know, there's tons of literature, whole books and studies and trials have been done on this. So this isn't just a kind of weed-smoking, idealistic load of nonsense. Check it out. It's a very well-tested and very well-researched um, concept. Please do get involved with your local UBI lab or set your own up. I mean, there's other campaign groups as well, but these guys seem as if they're doing a great bit of work. So, you know, might as well get involved with them. And if you're an international listener to the podcast, there will undoubtedly be similar campaigns in your country as well. So have a little look online and see if you can get involved with your local group. And let's do it, man. This is our money and we should be having it. You know, I mean, does Jeff Bezos need a bigger yacht? No, he doesn't. Is Elon Musk an alien lizard? Of course he is. UBI, baby. Let's make it happen, man. Let's do it. Unfortunately, though, a commonality with these podcasts is I'm realizing that it all comes down to us. We've got to get out there and we've got to do it. But there's so much to gain here. So let's do it, man. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Get the conversation going. Make this a a mainstream narrative and join a local campaign group, whether it's UBI Lab or, uh, or somebody else. But get involved and let's make this happen. So the website address, just to remind you, is UBI Lab. L-A-B, U-B-I Lab Network. Org. There's tons of labs around the country that you can get involved in. There's also um, resources to help you set up your own if there's not one in your county or your town. 
And you've had an open invite there from John as well to drop him a DM on Twitter or to contact him at the email address that he mentioned earlier. So do it. If you've got any questions, ask the guys and then you can spread the word to your friends and anyone that'll listen. And let's go get that free money, baby. Let's take back what is rightfully ours. Let's, in this time of the living crisis, let's stop grinding and seeing people struggle and carrying the daily weight of feeling like we're being exploited and ripped off and lied to whilst other people are having a life of Riley off the back of our toil and our efforts and our labor and our tax dollars and our riches and the wealth that we generate down here on the ground level. Let's put that money back in the pockets of the people that really deserve it, that really need it, really earned it, and really own it. Universal basic income, man. This is an idea whose time has come. Let's go get it. And if you don't like the idea of having free money, you can give your share to me. So that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed that and found that interesting and informative. I shall see you next Wednesday at 7 o'clock for another episode. Please subscribe. I'm going to keep nagging you every single week until you hit that damn button. Subscribe whatever platform you listen to it on. This is also on YouTube as well. I know there's no video content to these podcasts, but a lot of people like to listen to it on YouTube because it's like it's just easier that way. Um, but if you do that, please give it a subscribe and leave a comment. Like, you know, these are supposed to be conversation stars, these episodes. So leave a comment on the actual YouTube page and uh, so other people can you know share links and you know have a debate going um but whatever you do hit the damn subscribe button and please uh, as i said at the start of the episode if you can leave me a rating like click click the star button and, and give me some stars um and if you'd be so kind to leave us a review for the podcast as well whether it's on apple podcasts or spotify wherever you get your podcast um that would be a massive help for me as well to get the uh, the podcast a little bit more traction so thanks so much for listening i hope you're all awesome i hope you enjoyed the episode and i shall see you same time same place next week. Love you loads.